I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 27 of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free? And why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling. And to this moment, right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. It feels like God might be saying, you think you want this? But what you really long for is this. I waved my hands in the air, grasping at two different invisible realities, as if my friends gathered around could see them clearly hanging in the air. It was my turn to share during a recent spiritual direction group. I was wrestling with something I wanted deeply to happen. I wanted God to do something big, something powerful. I wanted him to fix something in a spectacular way. Surely he wanted this glorious rescue plan to happen as deeply as I did. But the more I asked him to do this spectacular thing, the more anxiety that stirred in my heart. I found myself up at night grappling with the what ifs. What if things don't go my way? What if all this longing in my heart isn't met? What then? As those words tumbled out of my mouth in our recent group, a light bulb went on in my head. It was as if I felt the eyes of my heart become enlightened as my friends reflected Christ's love back to me. I began to see my attempt to organize my outer world to control outcomes and fix what felt broken was intricately tied to possibly my deepest fear that I will experience abandonment by those I love. If God didn't come in to save the day, then it would be obvious I wasn't worthy of rescue. And it would feel as though he was abandoning me too. In a moment, I saw the direct correlation. The big dramatic thing I was imagining God would do wasn't exactly what I wanted. What I really wanted was to know that I would never be alone, that I was loved, that I belonged, 
regardless of the outcome. Big rescue plans don't teach us that. Controlling outcomes doesn't teach us that. I like how Eugene Peterson phrases it in a long obedience in the same direction. He is reflecting on Psalm 124 and says, The psalmist is not a person talking about the good life, how God has kept him out of all difficulty. This person has gone through the worst. The dragon's mouth, the flood's torrent, and finds himself intact. He was not abandoned, but helped. The final strength is not in the dragon or in the flood, but in God, who didn't go off and leave us. As I waved my hands in the air, trying to articulate what felt like an unraveling of a lifetime of learning, I shifted from a space of anxiety to a space of peace. In releasing my demands for what God needed to do to rescue me, I was able to sense him rescuing me in that very moment. He would be my help, my rescuer, by being as present with me as he has ever been. This week, my husband preached on the story of the rich young ruler from the book of Mark, who came to Jesus looking for how he could earn eternal life. Today, we reflected on the story in a woman's Bible study I attend. The man was eager, running to him falling on his knees before him, wanting to find a way to prove to Jesus that he was worthy of salvation. For the first time, I noticed Jesus' response. Jesus was not angry with him, even though he alone could see directly into this man's heart, to the places that he kept hidden to the control and power and prestige that defined his life. Instead, Mark tells us that Jesus looked at him and loved him. I found myself wondering, did the rich young ruler notice the tenderness in Jesus' eyes, the compassion he held for him? Could he see his true self reflected back to him in that moment as Jesus looked at him and loved him? Did he recognize, maybe even for just one moment, that this, and not power, is what his heart really longed for? To know that Jesus loved him without ever having to prove it? And then, Jesus gave him hard words about selling his treasure on earth so that he could have treasures in heaven. And it's as if in that moment I could hear him say tenderly to the man, maybe even waving his hands in the air, you think you want this, but what you really long for is this. And in that moment, I felt Jesus looking at me and loving me nearer than he's ever been as I release yet again my demands for what it looks like for him to rescue me. And so today, friend, 
I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. What is the thing that you want most deeply for God to fix right now? Is there any area of your life that you feel powerless and want God to come in and save the day, maybe to rescue you? Take a moment to sit with that question and consider naming it to God. And question two, what would it be like to ask God if maybe there's a deeper fear behind that longing, possibly a fear of abandonment or of betrayal or of not being worthy of love and belonging, possibly that desire to control is related to a way of proving you're worthy enough to never be left alone. Could you close your eyes for a moment and name these fears to Jesus? And then, as much as you are able, could you picture Jesus listening to this confession, looking at you and loving you? Then simply notice if it's possible Jesus is whispering to you. You think you want this, but what you really want is this. Then would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal the story of the rich young ruler in Mark 10, 17 through 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, it is hard sometimes to discover that the things we think we want the most are not what you want for us. It feels unfair, like you are holding out on us, unwilling to save the day. In those moments when we have to release what we think we need for our salvation, our big rescue plan, would you open our eyes to your presence as near as you've ever been, the God who will never go off and leave us? And would you help us see that that's what we really wanted all along? It's in your strong name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Arrett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.